Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. So if you open it up right to the middle somewhere, you should be in the book of Psalms. And if you'll turn to the right, you'll find Proverbs and then the book of Ecclesiastes. And we want to find chapter 3. We're going to begin reading there in verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. If you found your place, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I'll have prayer, and then we'll begin reading in verse 1. So let's pray together. Father, how we thank You for Your goodness to us today. And Lord, we thank You for Your precious Word and the reminder from that beautiful song about Your timing and about how You're faithful. And Lord, I pray that we'll understand that and receive that going into this message. Lord, may we, may we consider this morning the timing that you bring into our life, and uh, the purpose and provision that you give along with it. And Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts. We pray you'd guide the reading of your word, and we pray you'd use it now to give strength, direction, and encouragement to us all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Notice the Bible says there, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. The rest of these verses are going to be giving examples or or a continued explanation of that thought. And so let's look at verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to eat, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. And so remember, all of these are explanations or examples of verse 1. Notice again verse 1. The Bible says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And I want to preach a message this morning simply entitled, What time is it? What time is it? Thank you. You may be seated. As we consider Solomon's thought, the the voice of the preacher, Ecclesiastes says. As we consider that, I'd like us also to turn over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And as we're we're getting into the Word this morning, I just want to remind you and invite you during this time of the preaching, let's just kind of be still and, and, and allow the Lord to speak to our hearts. Let's Let's be quiet where we can consider what God is saying and wants to say to us this morning through His Word. Uh, Notice as we get into the book of Philippians in chapter 3, just two verses, verses 13 and 14, Paul here is writing and he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's interesting that he says in verse 13, 
this one thing I do. Well, that thing is verse 14. I press toward the mark. But he doesn't just tell us that he's pressing toward the mark of God. He tells us how he's doing it. He's doing it by forgetting those things which are behind and by reaching forth unto those things that are before. There's a method. There is a system uh, to achieving what God has called us to do. I began to consider where we are. I thought about the passage in Ecclesiastes. There's a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a season. And God works through times and seasons. Now, we know that when we look at nature and the weather and we see the time of year we're in. Oh, this is winter. And, and that explains the, the rain and the overcast skies and the, the cool air that we're experiencing. And, and we know this is a season. And for some of you, it's good to be reminded that it, 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 it's just a season. It won't, it won't be here forever, right? It, it will pass. And, and we'll have the warmth back very soon, especially here in the South, right? We're, you know, there's, people say there's two, there's two uh, seasons here in the South, warm and warmer. And uh, so anyway, the, the cold we experience is not that cold compared to other parts of the world. And uh, I know some of you are saying, thank God for that. Uh, I, I like the cool weather. It's a reprieve and a release uh, from, the, from the heat of summer. I'm about as far south, I think, as I could stand any hotter, and I think I'd just melt in the summertime. Anybody else feel that way, right? And uh, so we're glad for the seasons and the changing of events. God created that. God sustains that. And, uh, you know, life is that way as well. There are seasons to life. And there are purposes that God is at work accomplishing during those seasons. And so in this time, I, I think this is a good time for us in our lives to consider what God is doing and ask the question, maybe answer the question, what time is it? What time is it in your life? What is God wanting to do in this coming season? The Bible is very clear that the time of salvation is now. In the present, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so when it comes to salvation, the timing is, is eminently present. And, and God is telling us in His Word that, that there are none righteous, no, not one. And that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hey, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you've never understood God's message to the world, then, then hear God, hear the Word of the Lord this morning, and know and understand that you're not perfect. The Bible says that you've sinned, and because of that sin, Jesus came to die on the cross that we might have a Savior. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs the sacrifice that He made on the cross. That's why He made it. Jesus died on Calvary. He was buried. He rose again. He came to do that so that He could conquer sin and death and the grave. He did that. He won that victory so that He could give us victory, salvation. Salvation from sin and from self and from suffering. Jesus came to provide that for us because we needed it. We needed it because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Falling short of God's glory, we would never make it on our own. We would never enter heaven without the help of Christ. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so, in order to receive that gift of eternal life, 
you have to receive Jesus. And when you receive Him as your Savior, you get life as a benefit, eternal life in heaven. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is not a game with God. He's very serious about the salvation of your soul. And the message of the Bible is that, that humanity is lost without God, headed towards a devil's hell. But if you'll turn to Christ and receive Him as Savior, He will forgive you of your sins and make for you a home in heaven. Eternal life is the gift of God. Will you receive His gift today? If you never have, I invite you to do it today. Look around. There's folks that'll tell you, hey, it's worth it. Because not only do we get heaven as our home and, and our sins forgiven, we get a relationship with Christ that transforms our very life in the present today. There's an immediate benefit to knowing Christ. His presence makes us better. Not just better off because of where we're headed, but better because of who we become in Christ Jesus. So that's salvation, and that's God's timing for it. Don't say, preacher, I'll do it tomorrow, next month, or next year, because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. God doesn't work salvation in the future. He doesn't work, you know, when we procrastinate. God offers it in the present. Today is all we have. The Bible says, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a short time and then vanisheth away. You don't know how many tomorrows you have. And so if you're without Christ today, I invite you to receive Him today. What time is it? Is it time for you to be saved? If you know Christ as your Savior and you're already saved, then there may be other things that God is at work wanting to do in your life. I began to think about what time is it actually. Well, I'm not talking about the hour. I'm talking about the timing of the season that we're in. Well, it's January and for us, that means it's a new year. Or you might say it's a new beginning. A time when many people begin again, or, or as we say it, they start over. And there may be several things in your life that you're starting over on. You know, often this time of year, people are starting over on their commitment uh, to exercise and be fit. They're starting over on their, on their commitment, you know, maybe uh, like, like as many of us, they're going to get up early and read their Bible every day. Those are all good things, wonderful things to begin again. As we enter the new year, it's often good to consider that season, to consider those things that God wants to do in your life, and then to plan ahead. How are we going to do that? I like to say at the beginning of the new year, we're coming off the ending of 2023, and I like to say this is inventory time. It's a good time, really, for us to look back first and, and see what God has done so that we can look ahead and see what He wants to do. And often you've heard people say that just like you don't drive a car looking in the rearview mirror, you don't live your life constantly thinking about the past. You'll go nowhere in a hurry like that. But notice what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. In order to press toward the mark, what did he say he needed to do? 
In verse 13, he said he needed to forget those things which are behind. I want to submit to you today that this morning that this is a time to consider. It's a time to consider what God wants to do in your life. Going forward into this year, this is 2024, and I thought, you know, I want to do, I don't know about you, but my desire is I want to do more for God in 2024. I want to do more in this coming year than I did in the previous year. Don't you? And, and, and shouldn't that be the desire of every believer? Let's do a little more for God this coming year than we did in the past one. Now, I'm not talking about just doing more stuff. I'm not talking about just getting busier and doing more things and adding more to your calendar. You know, getting busier is not the answer. What we need to do is to get better. How do you get better without getting busier? You don't just do more stuff. That's not the answer. But if you want to get better, you have to do more of what matters. You have to do more of the important stuff. And in order to find out and identify what the important stuff is, you have to take time to consider. Consider what God has given you. Consider your life and consider those issues and consider what are, what are the priorities in your life? What are the priorities in your plans? What are the things that God really is working on you about in your life? What are things that you really want to do more of and improve on in this coming year? I like John Maxwell material, and often John Maxwell says it helps just to have a word. Some people have a slogan or a phrase or whatever, but it's nice if you just have a word for the new year. What would your word be? And I thought, well, I think this year mine would just be more. You want to do more for God? Then think about that word more. And remember, we're talking about more of what matters, not just more of everything. Good night. I mean, you know, life is busy enough sometimes. We just came through the Christmas season. And if you're not a little jet lagged, something might be wrong with you, right? You need to get your calendar out and see what you're missing. We just get so busy sometimes. But it's not the busyness. It's not the busyness that we're seeking. We want to be better. And in order to get better, we have to consider what are those important things? What are the priorities? Notice when we look at Paul's Paul's little method here that he gives us, his strategy. And by the way, I want to say this, you're never going to get better in your life without a strategy. Just because you're a believer, just because you're a Bible-believing Christian, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to get better. It means you have access to what will make you better. But if you don't take advantage of it, then you're going to miss some things. Paul said, first, we have to look behind. Because there are some things there that we have to deal with. This is a time to consider, or, or some would refer to it as a time of reflection. You know, somebody said, experience is the best teacher. I don't know about that. I think experience is the hardest teacher. And I know why I would say that, because experience gives you the test first and then the lesson. I like getting the lesson first. I like having the notes 
before I take the test. How about you? I like feeling prepared for the test. That's a little bit more comforting. But experience gives you the test first. Wham! And then you get the notes. So I don't know if I would say experience is the best teacher. Maybe we could say reflected experience is the best teacher. That is experience that you've sat down and you've reflected on. Experience that you have extracted the lessons from and you've gotten the notes. But you have forgotten, you have put away the baggage, maybe the hurt, the strain, the stress of that experience. There are some things about the past that we need to forget, that we need to just let go. Because they're not going to serve you well going into the future. It's extra weight that you don't need to carry. And the Hebrew writer told us that if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to lay aside not only those sins, but the weights. There are unnecessary things that we need to watch out for, that they don't, they don't hinder our race for Christ. They don't hinder the way in which we live for the Lord. Hey, I wondered today, are there some things that, about the past? Are there some things about this past year that you need to extract the lesson from and then just let it go? Just forget. You know, th- there might be some things that you need to get forgiveness for. There might be some things you need to forgive yourself for. There might be some things you need to forgive others for, even if they don't ask for it. Forgive them so that in your heart you can release it, so that it doesn't become baggage and extra weight that slows you down. Notice, Paul didn't just say, I'm going to press toward the mark. He said, forgetting those things which are behind You know, we want to keep the memories and the things that God has taught us. We want to extract the lessons, even from those painful moments. We want to remember as believers that when God allows something, even negative things, into our life, there is a purpose for that. That's what Ecclesiastes was reminding us of. To every season, there is a purpose under heaven, right? So when God allows things that we would not choose for ourselves... And He allows those things to come into our lives. We have to look to our Lord and and trust and know that He knows best and that He's at work. Romans 8.28 is still in the book. And God works all things together for good to them who love Him. And remember, as you look back and as you reflect, even those things you would not have chosen for yourself, If God chose them for you and allowed you to experience those things, then trust Him and love Him and know that He knows what's best for you. And there's a lesson in that thing, even if you don't know what it is yet. Forget the hurt. Forget the pain and the disappointment and all that that it may have caused. That stuff will only hinder you. Somebody said, if you focus on the pain from the hurt, you will continue to hurt. 
But if you focus on the lesson that you learned from it, you will continue to grow. Well, it's your choice. How are you going to handle it? In that time of reflection that we take to look back, let's extract those lessons and let's, let's remember God's goodness. Let's keep the memories and let's get ready to move on. Looking back allows us to clear the slate. Standing at the threshold of a new year, we have an opportunity to hit the reset button. We have an opportunity to try again to do better. Don't allow the failures of the past to keep you from achieving victory today. What time is it? Well, it may be a time to consider. Or, and, and after that, it's a time to choose. A time to choose. Joshua once challenged Israel. said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a choice. You know, that's a choice you and I have to make. Really, it's, it's daily, isn't it? We have to choose daily to follow the Lord and serve the Lord, to live out the Word of God and the things that we've learned following Jesus. But especially in this new year, as we project our lives forward, as we plan ahead, as we contemplate, what are we going to do in this new year? Hey, I hope you're at least contemplating that. I hope you're at least considering. Because I think there's a lot of people that don't even do that. They just float right into the new year. They just drift with the wind. They haven't spent any time looking back, and, and they certainly haven't looked forward. And then going into 2024, they have no clue what God may want them to do in their lives. And I hope that's not you this morning. If it is, then let this be a wake-up call. Let it be a time of understanding that if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. You're setting yourself up for failure by, by just drifting and floating and not even trying to, to establish some direction. You cannot press forward if you don't even look ahead. How can you do that? Well, we, we need to take time to consider. Taking a brief look back can kind of help us know where to go when we look forward. So we need to take that time to consider the past. And then we need to take time to choose in the present. This is a time of projection. Notice what Paul said in verse 13. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. If you're in the habit of marking in your Bible, why don't you underline or circle those things which are before. Hey, what are they? Do you know what those things are? The things that you should be reaching for. Obviously, he had some things in mind, specific things. I'm reaching for something. Let me ask you something. Hey, church family, what are you reaching for in 2024? What's ahead for you this year? What are you looking at? How are you going to grow? How are you going to do more or, or, or be better? What things are going to help you do that? Well, I think looking back at last year, if you'll take some time to consider, it'd be a lot easier to answer that question. Well, if I'm going to get better preacher this coming year than I was last year, man, I'm going to have to do better at one, two, and three. And I'm, I'm sure that most of us could figure that out with no help. 
if you just take the time to consider and then take time to choose. Once you've considered what you need to improve on, once you've looked back in the past and, and, and you have those things present in your mind, here's where I need to improve. Then you have to make a choice to do it. Obviously, Paul made a choice. You're not reaching for something until first you've decided to reach. There's got to be a desire within to obtain before you reach for it. And so, if he's talking like this, then naturally he's made the choice. He's made the choice. After looking back, he's said, there's some things I can improve on, and I want to. I want that. You know, people who just float through life baffle me because it's almost like they're saying, yeah, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want to be better. I don't want to make more money. I don't want to be a better Christian. I mean, that, seems, that sounds like the height of arrogance, doesn't it? I, I don't want to be a better spouse. I don't want to be a better parent. I don't want to be a better young person. It's almost like they believe, man, I'm already as good as it gets. You can't improve on perfect it's either that or it's got to be absolute laziness that just says, I don't want to. Now, I'm confessing ahead of time, I don't understand any of that. Because it just seems like the way I'm wired, the way God made me, there's always been a desire there. Looking ahead, I, man, there's things I want to reach for. I, I want to obtain. You don't have to convince me. You don't have to talk me into it. And I'm telling you, when I look back and see my mishaps, I certainly want to do better in the next year than I did last year. And I'm trusting and I'm hoping today that that's your desire and that's the way you're wired and that's the way you're built. There's got to be something in you that wants more. Otherwise, why are you here this morning? Why did you receive Christ as your Savior? Why are you seeking the Lord? Because there's something you're reaching for. There's, there's a desire in you to do better, to be better, to have better. You know, it's not all about material things, but our life is centered around material things. And how we serve God in this life determines how we will be set in the next. You know, it's a time to choose. We're talking about going forward. This is projection. When I'm looking ahead, what do I see? I hope you see those things that you are to reach for. That's what Paul saw. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm forgetting that pain. I'm forgetting the trauma, the people that upset me and disturbed me, distracted me, hey, that tried to trip me up. All that's, He said, I'm forgetting all that, and I'm reaching forth to those things. And you want to identify what those are so that you too can reach so you can overcome the past, so you can achieve in the present, so you can plan for the future. You know, when we talk about a plan, I want to ask you this morning, our church together, this is part of our announcements, but I'm going to go ahead and give you this. Our church together is reading the Bible together. We, we started this last week, and we got our plans. And so today I was going to say, how's it going? How are you doing? 
right? Are you reading along with us? Maybe are you a little behind? Are you a little ahead? You know, it's okay to get ahead. Matter of fact, I encourage it. Because no doubt at some point during the year, you're going to fall behind. You're going you're to be ahead at times. You're going to be behind at times. No matter what happens, don't quit. Just keep on reading, keep on reading. Even if you don't finish it in a year, if it takes you two or three years, keep on reading. Stay with it. Once you've started this process, don't stop until you finish the whole Bible. It'll be a great accomplishment, and you will feel that accomplishment when you achieve it. But there are some things that we have to, we have to choose to consider. And so I want to ask you, what is your plan going into this new year? Do you have a plan? You should. This is one way that we have a plan. We have a plan for reading our Bibles. Now, I have found, I'm just using this as an example. I said, if you, don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? And the reason I say that is because I understand that many Christians who have had the desire to read their Bible, if they don't have a plan, they seldom do it. Without a plan, most Christians don't read through the Bible. What they do is they, they read their favorite text over and over and over. And there are a lot of gaps in between because there are places that are not their favorites. There are places that are unfamiliar. There are things they don't understand. And look, if you will always avoid it, you're never going to understand it. It's the point of reading it every year, cover to cover. Why do we, because the more you read it, the more familiar you become with it. And the more familiar you become with Scripture, the better you begin to understand it. And so you start the process of better. Better understanding God's Word. That leads to better applying God's Word. Hey, do you want to be spiritual as a Christian? Let me tell you something. You cannot be spiritual without first being scriptural. We don't know what spiritual is without the Bible. In order for us to be spiritual as believers, in order for us to think spiritually, we have to first think biblically. And in order to do that, we have to know what the Bible says. We have to know the Bible to think biblically. Right? So in order to be spiritual, we have to be scriptural. In order to be scriptural, we have to know the Bible. And if you've started with us and you're checking off the boxes, then guess what? You've begun the journey of becoming scriptural. Man, that's fantastic. And you don't even know yet, if you're just getting started, all the ways that's going to help you in your life to be better. You're going to be blessed and folks have already started saying, thank you. Thank you for that challenge. It's so good. It is good because it's God's word. And when you choose to make it a part of your life, then you are going to reap the benefits of God's word. And they are many. What time is it? It's a time to consider. It's a time to choose. <clears throat> and we must make a choice. And so looking forward, we need to be ready to reach for what God has. But you know, a lot of people stop there. And that's why I preached the message I preached last week. Because a lot of people consider and then they choose and then they make those New Year's resolutions that we hear about. 
And how long do those last? Remember what we said last week? Statistics say most New Year's resolutions last about six to eight weeks. That's because they stopped with a choice. And I'm here today to let you know that we first have to consider and then we have to choose, but there's another step that we must take if you're going to be better this year than you were last year. January 2024 is a time to consider, it's a time to choose, but it's also a time to act. It's a time to act. Can I tell you something? A choice doesn't help you at all if you don't put in the effort to make it happen. Most New Year's resolutions, the effort wears out after about six or eight weeks. That's what people say. How about you? I'm going to tell you this. You won't be a better Christian this year than you were last year by accident. You have to be intentional. You have to not only make up your mind and choose, but you have to put that choice into action every single day. You have to follow through on that choice with a plan. And that is exactly why we have a checkoff sheet for our Bible reading plan. Look, you can use any reading plan you want, but check them off on this list. And the purpose of keeping a record on this page is because at the end, we get a certificate. right? And we're able to send this in to the Beams ministry. They will send us Bible reading certificate, and then you got something to show for your accomplishment for the year. And believe me, when you finish, it will be worth it. You'll be glad. It'll be a great reward to have that. Why? Because it's a great effort to read all of God's Word. And you're going to find, as you take the challenge, you're going to find that it is a task. It does take effort. It's like work. But it's so rewarding, and you're going to be so glad you did. But can I tell you something? It's not just Bible reading. Everything in life is like that. We have to make the choice, and then we have to put in the work. Hey, you want to be a better Christian? Guess what? you got to make the choice, and then you got to put in the work. You got to read your Bible. You got to come to church. You got to live what you learn. You got to make daily choices that honor God, right? It takes work to be a better Christian. You want to be a better spouse? Great. You know what? First, you have to make that decision, but then you have to follow it in with intentional action. There are some things you have to do on purpose to be a better spouse. You want to be a better parent? Hey, that's great, but guess what? It's going to take a whole lot of work. You're not going to become a great parent by accident. You don't just wake up one morning feeling parenting skills coming over you. It kind of goes against the grain, actually. And sometimes we have to make ourselves do what parents should do because it's not always easy and it's not always fun. But we have to be intentional about the actions that we take in order to be a good parent, right? The same is true for being a good young person. You want to be a a good Christian teenager? You want to be obedient to your parents? So guess what? You're going to have to go against your feelings. You're going to have to go against your thoughts sometimes. You're going to have to put in the work and take the action every day that it takes to be a good young person. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't think highly of young people. Young people are derided often. And that's probably because the majority of young people make grave mistakes because they don't put a lot of thought into their actions 
and they do things that have enormous repercussions. Now, are you going to be a statistic? Are you just going to fall into the crowd? Are you just going to follow everybody else and be like that? Or are you going to choose to be better and then put in the work that it takes to not be a statistic? Don't be the average young person. Step up and do better. You can, but it's going to take action. It's going to take action. Be the kind of young person that obeys your parents. Be the kind of young person that honors your parents when you get older. Be the kind of young person that says, yes, ma'am, and no, sir. That you speak respectfully. A lot of the speech that we hear is not respectful. Go against the grain of our culture and have a clean vocabulary. You know, my, my mom had a solution for that. It was Dawn dishwashing liquid. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I didn't grow up in church, by and large. So I tasted it once. That's all it took. And that one, that one experience was enough for me to decide that it was not worth it to float and be the average person. It was actually going to be worth it for me to step up and do better and speak clean language. That's right. Now, I don't know about you. You might like Dawn dishwashing liquid, but, uh, you know, it goes back to those parenting skills. I don't know if you ever tasted it or not. You know what I'm talking about. A time to act. Paul said in verse 14, he said, this one thing I do. In verse 14, he said, I press toward the mark. But what enabled him to press toward the mark? It was the time he took considering. It was the time he took choosing. It was the time he spent forgetting those things which were behind, reaching forth unto those things. He had to identify them. And because he did that, now he could act intentionally and he could press toward the mark. What was the mark? The mark was achieving those things that God had for him ahead. He said, I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I, I believe as a, as a pastor of, of many years, I believe that most Christians don't fully understand the high calling that God has for you. Because if you did and you desired it, you, like Paul, would be reaching for it. You'd be pressing you can't get there without great effort. You will not get there drifting and floating and conforming to the world and being like everybody else. You won't get there that way. The only way for you to achieve the high calling of God in your life is to make the choice and then follow through with the intentional action Every day to follow Christ and be what God wants you to be. That's the only way you'll ever reach His calling for your life, whatever it is. And God has a general desire for all believers that He wants us to achieve. He has a name that He's given us that He wants us to live up to. And I'm afraid there are many Christians today that haven't even considered that. 
that God has an expectation concerning their life. He does. Friend, He does. God has laid out some things in His Word for you to reach for. You don't have to be a preacher to say this. You don't have to be a missionary to talk like this. All you have to be is a follower of Jesus who stands on the threshold of a new year saying, Pastor, I don't know about everybody else, but I want to be better for God this year than I was last year. Here's how you do it. A time to consider, forgetting those things which are behind. A time to choose, reaching for those things which are before. That leaves you with a time to act, which of course is now. Paul said in verse 14, I press toward the mark. Hey, guess what? That's present tense right now. I press. He said, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm pressing toward the mark. I press. It's my present continuum. That means today, he says, I press. Tomorrow, he says, I press. The next day, he's going to say, I press. Press toward the mark. There's a goal. There's an end result that he's trying to achieve. This is... This is describing for us, first of all, intentional action. In other words, these things that you do on purpose, you need to know what those are. And he's also saying when he says, I press, he's referring to planned progress. How do you know when you've made progress? If you don't know what the goal is, then you can't know if you're making progress. Not only should we know what the goal is, but we should know the steps that take us there. And that is how we measure whether we're making progress or not, because we can identify the steps of progression. So I don't have time to break down many examples Today, I'm just giving you the framework of decision. I'm just showing you how this works. Tonight, I want to do it again from Genesis chapter 1. I want to show you how God did this. And I want you to know that you and I, we can achieve, we can do better, we can work and, and do what God has called us to do, but there's certain things that we have to do. This is our part. And how many of you understand there are things where God has to do His part but just as always, we have to do our part. And personal growth is one of those things that requires us doing our part to get there. Just like in Peter, when he said, add to your faith, and he gave those eight characteristics, right? Add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, all the way through the list. Who's doing the adding? Well, it doesn't say but it implies the answer that you are to do the adding. It doesn't say God's going to add these things to you. It says add these things, which means you add these things. You and I, we have an agenda. We have a strategy. God's given us a plan. Have we paid attention? Are we putting it into practice? Because if you want to be better, tomorrow than you were yesterday. If you want to be better 
this coming year than you were last year. But you're going to have to take some action on purpose, intentionally, some planned steps to get you there. Just like God has a plan, He said today is the day of salvation, right? He's got a time. He's working. God is working on other things. What time is it in your life? What is God putting His finger on? What things are coming to your mind that you need to take action on today? Maybe God is nudging you because He wants better for you in the coming year. Then friend, if that's the case, I hope you're ready to roll up your sleeves and say, Lord, together, you and me, let's get it done. Because you can. Paul reminded us when he said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So don't sit here today and say, Pastor, but you know, I just can't do it. I just can't read the Bible. I, I just can't be faithful to church. I can't be a better Christian. You know, I, I can't hold my tongue. Oh, yes, you can. But guess what? It takes some on-purpose action on your part. It takes some serious intention to get there. You're going to have to focus, and you're going to have to plan, and you're going to have to work, but you can do it because God said you can. Let's pray together. Father, how we love you today, and how we thank you, Lord, for revealing and reminding us, Lord, about the times and seasons in which you work. Lord, just as you worked in our lives in the beginning, bringing us to Christ and the moment of salvation when we accepted the Lord, Lord, there's other things that we need to accept and, and implement. There's other decisions we must make following Christ. And I pray today that we would do just that. And if there is one here, Lord, that needs to begin their journey by accepting Christ as Savior, I pray today would be their day of salvation. We ask you now to do your work in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.